Chubstep. Creating the all of Steed. Chub. Step. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the king of the jungle. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. He's a good man, your sheriff. And he's gonna keep on sheriffing. Same as you all are gonna keep doing whatever it is you do. Barbers cut hair, cooks cook, librarians keep checking out books because it's very important to read. What happens when Bible camp opens? Bible camp's canceled. And I'm not really doing questions and answers right now, dear. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. All right, the show started. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, we have a very special guest for the first time. Uh, Chubstep Jack. Chubstep Jack, the expert in Harry Potter lore. All Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. Yes, I'm a longtime subscriber. Um, so I'm familiar with Chubstep. I don't know if I would say I'm an expert, but I have read the books very many times. Um, I would say the first four books, I've probably read close to 10. And then the whole series, I've probably read around five. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason Jared asked me on today is because recently we were out to dinner, I was talking and I love the books. I love the Harry Potter books so much. But as you read them that many times, you just notice certain things that start to jump out at you and be like, hey, J.K. Rowling, you are great. But maybe there's a few things in here that don't quite make as much sense as you would have hoped. Um, And those were some things we got to talking to. And Jared right away told me, he's like, you know, I'm not an expert in this stuff, but I know someone who might be interested in having this discussion. Yes, and that's and that's, and that's that's deep. So this episode is going to be themed around Harry Potter. If you're not a Harry Potter fan, then maybe skip this episode. No, <laughs> you, no, no, no. Leave it on. But Let I'll also play, leave it on to give us the but just the, like the pull your headphones off. Yeah, <laughs> just mute mute the episode and then finish it. Yeah, I did have that fear when you asked me to come on of potentially alienating some chubaholics that weren't <laughs> Harry Potter fans. But yeah. um, you know, most of the world is. Um, and you just got to hope that maybe even if they aren't, maybe this could be something where they come around and they really start to think like, Oh, maybe this Harry Potter stuff. I don't know. Maybe I should give it a try. So (laughs) give it a read. We just want critical thinking. That's what we want on this podcast. Yeah. I have not read the books in, I don't know, like eight, eight to 10 years. It's been that long for me, but for a while I did listen to a Harry Potter podcast. Um, but they kind of ran out of content um, because the books <laughs> have been out for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> and that's the difference between that podcast and Chubstep, which never really run out of content. Absolutely not. <laughs> I got, uh, you know, I got hybrid animals on deck because, uh, you know, some stingray got impregnated by a shark. Big news. What's uh, the spoilers, dude? <laughs> that's coming up next week. Yeah, I got I actually, I actually did read about that and talk about magic. But, um... <laughs> Good segue, Jack. Good segue. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> if, you, if you want, Steve, we can get into some of these things. And Jared said you were open to debate. 
some of these things are just things that have, again, come to my mind after reading the books very many times. And I think perhaps overanalyze, you know, when you've read them so many times, you can really start to think about some of the smaller details. And some of the things you said you might want to debate, some of them I think you're just going to have to agree with because there won't be a debate. But they're mostly focused on the books. So you said you haven't read them in a while, but if you have read them or if other people, because in my opinion, the movie, there's so many, you know, they're movies to books. There's so many things they leave out and so many plot holes. That could be a a whole nother discussion. But most of the points I have are focused on the books. Okay, good. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not a big Uh, movie fan, actually. Me neither. And yeah. and the the name of the segment is Harry Plot Holes. Oh, that sounds like that. that sounds like a movie I watched in bed at two a.m. last night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because of the implication. A little different. Um, <laughs> so if we can start it off again, some of these things are plot holes. Some of the things I just have a minor issue with. But I'll start with some of the bigger plot holes. I'll see, um, and I'll start with the number one. So if we look back to the third book, it's revealed that Ron the whole time's rat has been actually a human man that has been living with him the whole time. Um, It's a great twist. It's out of nowhere. But his brothers this entire time had a map that showed him the name and place of everyone in the school and never once noticed that there was a man... Peter Pettigrew that was seemingly walking everywhere and in bed with their brother almost every single day. Um, and that they never noticed that or brought that up or thought it was maybe strange when they had a map where they could see ever in the school, I thought was a bit interesting. Yes. Um, that is a great point. While, okay. So while that's valid, you are forgetting the fact that Peter Pettigrew was aware of the Marauders map from his okay. days with the creators of the original Marauders map. Yeah. So it's possible that he did some type of counter spell to this to have himself be left off of said map. Okay. I mean, that. while well, I guess that is possible, I don't know when he could have done that when he was living as a rat. But I guess it is plausible that he could have gotten access to the map while living with the Weasley family and somehow maybe could have done that. They never depicted him as being very bright. Um, So it seems unlikely, but I guess that could potentially be possible since he was there when the map was created. So that is, I don't think likely, but I would say that it's something that maybe. (laughs) But but never explained, never explained to your point, Jack. (laughs) Never explained, but. He did it, have a, it was never somewhat explained. of a valid rebuttal. <laughs> and okay. and to your um, point, I'm pretty sure that they notice him on the map later on. Maybe like book five or six. They're like Peter Pettigrew or something. Yeah. And he was um yeah, he was never there. So that's that I think is one of the most obvious ones that I think a lot of people have noticed before. Um but that's just something that I think is kind of absurd. Um, and should have been addressed. And you saying him not being very bright, Jack, I think anybody that would choose to live as a rat uh, chooses to live a simple lifestyle. This was deep espionage, Jared. <laughs> I'm just Lord saying, Lord Voldemort like, was behind it. I just, <laughs> I just he was say, also uh, in, he was also afraid. He was very afraid. He was a cowardly man, and mm-hmm. the only way he knew to survive was as a rat because he was 
he had faked his own death, Jared, and that's why he turned himself into a rat, <laughs> rat because he was, you know, he was afraid. That's fair. Um, that's fair. This is the weasel. He should have been a yeah. weasel. That's what yeah, he really is. Um, these are some, this is another one that is just strange to me. It's not really a plot hole, but I just find it a bit strange. Why in the Wizarding World do they celebrate the same Catholic holidays that we would do perhaps in the rest of the world? You'd think that, you know, the origins of Christmas wouldn't be something that would be important to them. Um, other things like that, like Halloween, like why are they celebrating these types of things in the Wizarding World? So actually in the Wizarding World, they don't celebrate Christmas. They celebrate the before Christmas tradition of Yule. It is actually Continue. a Yule festival in Yule time. And that's the pagan festival predating Christianity. Are you certain of that? I'm certain. You're certain they never say Christmas. The Yule Ball? Are you familiar with the okay. Yule Ball where um, Victor Crumb makes a move on Hermione Granger? Yeah, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> that was the Yule Ball, not the Christmas Ball. What about when they open presents when they wake up in the morning on Christmas Day? <laughs> That's a classic Yule time thing. <laughs> All right. All right. So you're two for two right now. So I'm very well, impressed. Well, Jack, so so you're saying they definitely mentioned Christmas at some point? I don't think that they do. I think it's Double all check. Yule. I, I, I don't know. I don't really think that they're saying Yule all the time. Um, I don't have a book in front of me. For, for Yule time break? I don't feel like that. Yeah, I feel, so I'm not sure on that. But again, it's a plausible excuse, perhaps. Okay. okay. Again, I don't know if I've ever come up against a mind quite like this. So some of these rebuttals yeah. I'm not prepared for. I, I mean, so like Jack's... I was telling when Jack was telling me about this one the other day, I was bringing up to him that I was watching uh, Hunger Games. And in that they were saying like, oh, this this train's traveling at like 200 miles an hour. And so they're like, <laughs> like, oh, interesting that they use our unit of measure in uh, the Hunger Games world. The Hunger Games is based on America, though. What are they just going to make up some fancy? It, is it supposed to be in America? It's supposed to be. I think it's like America. Is that ever explained that it's just like in the future in America? I don't know if there's that backstory. I don't know. It seems like in a completely different world. I don't know. Maybe oh, I'm wrong well, about that. Maybe you're right, but I, I they just, also... What just, else are they going to... Well, I know. I'm just saying, like, if you watch sci-fi movies and stuff or fancy movies, it's always like, oh, how, how they use feet and inches or the temperature, right? Like they'll use our units of measure, but like those are based on things that were developed for our <laughs> Earth, and it really is, you know, like it's just a silly thing. But like to your point, Jack, like people understand. Uh, you mean Paul's a big Yule guy; he doesn't celebrate Christmas, but no, um, never have. You know, never a lot will. of people, a lot of people <laughs> celebrate Christmas, so just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's what people do in the winter, even if they're not. <laughs> it really doesn't relate. And to your point, Jared, I understand why things do that because they do want things to be more relatable to the reader. So they don't want everything yeah. to be so obscure that you're trying to figure out these details more than you're able to focus on the story. Um, but for my next one here, Paul, I have more of a deep cut. So this is for the true Potterheads. But if you remember in the fourth book when Harry and Voldemort duel and Harry eventually forces 
um, Voldemort's wand to regurgitate the past spells that it has completed. Do you remember mm -hmm. that? So when that happens, the spells come out of Voldemort's wand. They're supposed to be coming out in the reverse order of what they were cast. Okay. Now, how this happens in the book is very confusing because the first thing that comes out is like the hand, Cedric Diggory, the hand. And then in the books, it says many times that he killed Harry's dad first and then killed Harry's mom while Harry's mom was sitting over her. Agreed? Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Okay. They come out of his wand in the wrong order. It should have been his mom coming out of the wand first and then his dad. And in the books, his dad comes out of the wand first and then his mom, which is not consistent with the order that they were killed in by the wand. Mm. Now, reverse order. So yeah. first one out of the wand... <clears throat> The last spells, the most recent spells that were cast were the ones that were coming out, supposed to be coming out first. So it would be and his mom. Should mm -hmm. have come out first, correct. And instead his dad came out first. Correct. Uh, this is going to be a tough one to get J.K. Rowling's back on, but <laughs> there is a way this is possible. Um, men are stronger than women. <laughs> Okay. And he just held on to life a little bit longer. Oh, so you think... <laughs> so... Yeah, the what? instant death spell, um, she just shook that off for about three to four minutes. So, let's say... No, I'm with, you, I'm with you on this one. Okay, okay. So there we go. I knew there were some that you wouldn't be able to argue. I knew there were some you wouldn't be able to argue. That one, that one just doesn't make sense. And that was just, I think, a mistake. I think a mistake. That could be an oversight. Um... Yeah, there's no other way around it other than they'd have to release a whole new movie all about yeah. Voldemort killing yeah. Harry's parents, yeah. like Batman or something. Yeah, and again, the way that it's told many times is that his mom died second because she was protecting him, but we'll leave that there. Yeah. Um, The next one I'd like to bring up, do you remember in the third book, that Hermione took a very busy schedule of classes. And Jared, for those that don't know, Hermione is brilliant. She took an overloaded schedule. So in college, I would say it was essentially equivalent of her taking 36 credits in a semester, mm -hmm. right, over the top. And to accomplish this, they gave her a time turner device, which essentially allowed her to turn back the hands of time, go back, and go to these classes twice. That they mm -hmm. said was this extremely dangerous advice that had device that has so many implications that so many things that can go wrong but you can essentially change things that happen in time and go back and change things and they gave it to a 13 year old so she could go to more classes and then <laughs> while all of these disasters are going on throughout the books and people are dying and Voldemort's coming back they never think like hey maybe this thing might be useful to use for something that's maybe a little more important than this child going to getting to herbology class on time yeah um so i mean the rules around using those i mean there's a lot of rules the ministry of magic heavily you know they restrict the use of those ethically i don't think you could go back and you know change things because if you change but that thing then something else bad could happen but all she's doing for using it is learning <laughs> 
So <laughs> that is a more important use of that type of magic than saving <laughs> someone's life. I'm not saying it's more important. I'm saying ethically. Also, a ethics guy, Jack. Ethically, you get, you all she's that. doing is yeah. reading books. But you know, if you go back in time and you step on a butterfly, the Titanic might not have sank. Hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with that. Right? You don't step on that butterfly, or you do. Who knows what could have changed? So then, I guess my bigger problem is, hey, maybe ethically we don't want to go back to change time or save people's lives who died. But then maybe we also don't give this to a um, preteen girl who wants to take an extra history of magic class. Yeah, and she does pretty quickly misuse it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> first year she has it, she's like uh, was waiting for the opportunity. She's like, "All right, guys, I got a way out of this shit. We're gonna we're gonna time." Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. And Jack, to your point, it's like ethically or not. Like she could have, you, you would think if somebody you know that like you care about has is is died, you're not really she caring about the ethics of it. Yeah, you're not thinking of the ethics of it. Uh, it was clearly pretty yeah. clearly just forgotten about it in, in some of the writing of this. Well, they do they do smash them in a later book, like all the rest of the time turners. They just like destroy them because they yeah, cover up that plot hole. They, they could make <laughs> that would probably could have made another one or. You know, um, I'm going to go one more major thing I have, uh, Paul, and then we can go kind of rapid fire, just some issues I have, and we can go over those quick. This is one more, this is one more deep cut. Let's say this is my last real deep one, and then we'll get over some of these to the more surface ones. But um, in the fifth book, do you remember that Harry was very desperate to talk to Sirius a couple of times and was breaking into Dolores Umbridge's office to use the fire? Yeah which eventually has led to him getting caught there multiple times, getting detentions, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Before he went to school for his fifth year, Sirius gave him a two-way mirror that would allow him to talk to him through the other mirror, and he just never used it. He just, like, forgot he had it. I can't remember what they did with the mirror. He tried to use the mirror after Sirius was dead. <laughs> all yeah, the time when he was alive, he didn't use it. And again, Jared, for those that might not know, there was essentially a um, militant disciplinarian running the school who was doing uh, medieval punishments to these children. And he was desperate to talk to his godfather, who he had a two-way mirror, which essentially would be doing the same thing that we're doing right now. And instead of using that, he broke into her office every time to communicate with him and just forgot that he had the mirror. So until Sirius died... And then he said, oh, now let me try this now that he's dead. It didn't work because I, he was dead. So I think that Sirius was distancing himself from Harry in that book. If I remember correctly. And I think this may have been on Dumbledore's orders to distance himself because I can't remember exactly what was going on. But he wanted like Sirius to distance himself from Harry and I think he may have tried to use a mirror and Sirius didn't reply. He never tries to use a mirror. He never tries to use it at all. Not until he's confiscated. Dead. Did Dolores maybe take this? No, he had it in his suitcase the entire time. Entire time. Because you've probably had this thought, Jack, and then reread the book after you had this plot hole, right? These are not ones on your most recent read through. So, so no. you've checked, you've gone through and double checked that. Yeah. The only thing I haven't double checked is the Christmas verse Yule. But besides for that, I'm, I'm pretty sure that. that's Yule. 
<laughs> that's the only one where I'm not sure. That's the I guess you need another read through. He need another read through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Douglas Fletcher. Uh, he smashed the mirror. Let's see. Yeah, he did smash it because he was a bit cranky, and he was a bit cranky at Sirius. Um, before he left, he was going through a very moody stage in the fifth book, but that still doesn't explain how he completely forgot about it and thought the risky methods that he took were the better option. Yep, uh, I'm seeing. I'm seeing he should have used it instead of on Bridges Fire. Okay, Some so again, we're on the same page for that. I yeah. told you, Jared, I told you there were going to be a couple things where he was going to have to agree. <laughs> That's You're a right. tough one, because I think that Sirius was intentionally uh, ignoring him for something, but... Well, they didn't leave in the best terms, because, again, Harry was going through a bit of a growing up phase in that book. Yeah, this was like some of the long hair movies. Yeah. But now, Jared, we'll go through some more rapid-fire ones. These, anyone could understand. They're just a little bit confusing. Steed, I'd like you to explain this one the best you can, or hopefully you'd agree with me. Quidditch scoring is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Quidditch was this oh. close to being the greatest sport that ever existed. Existed This close. And then they made the scoring something that made no sense. You don't like the snitch system. Yeah, of course not. I So I respect the snitch system. But it does put way too much pressure on the seeker. Most of them could just not play at all, and the and the result of the games would be the same. Most of them, <laughs> but you're forgetting about the you know, I, Victor Crumb actually caught the snitch to avoid embarrassment for his team. He just yeah, ended and it. I, so I that's a, felt... that's just the chasers winning the game right there. So bad, they're winning so overpowered that Crumb is like, screw this, I'm getting my boys out of here. Chad, can you remind I people have... what the scoring system is? Because I know the, the of course, the of course, of course, ends the so game and it's worth a certain amount of points. Yeah, yeah in Quidditch, they have a very cool system of essentially chasers that throw a ball back and forth and try and score it between three rings. Every goal they score is worth ten points. Okay, there's also two players who are beaters who can knock these large mm -hmm. balls to try and throw them off course or play defense, and there's also a goalie. The snitch and the keeper works like this. If you catch the snitch, you automatically score 150 points and the game ends. Mm -hmm. So all of those goals, you could get up 10 to 0, you're up 100 to 0, and then the other team's seeker, which is the position yeah. that Harry plays, catches the snitch and they you get 150 points, the game's over. The game yeah. only ends when the snitch is caught as yeah, well. Exactly. So Jared, as someone who's a, you're an avid sportsman, does that seem to make a lot of sense? No, I, this always bothered me as well uh, with the Quidditch scoring. And and I've also seen, if I remember right, for when they played Quidditch in like the college schools that play Quidditch, isn't there somebody sure. just dressed up like an all gold that runs around? Yeah, they like know. play tag. With, they play tag with them. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> they got to get a better system for that. The, <laughs> the problem, okay, because uh, I, I, the guy that I actually originally started this show with, a um, guy named Craig, when Chubstep was a, uh, or at least it wasn't even Chubstep. When the when we did a radio show back in at Marquette, um, he played on the Quidditch team. And the problem with Quidditch is you have to run around with the broom underneath your legs. Well, and... <laughs> in in real life, you would be flying, <laughs> and that's the thing. The cool part about it is the flying part. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
it's a tough it's it looks a little more ridiculous when you're running around with, with the, the broom between your legs uh, i mean now we got like jetpacks and drones and shit we got to figure something out there yeah we can it was a little hard for me to watch because if quidditch actually was a game that would be awesome oh amazing again if you just play it with the goals and get rid of the snitch what's a fair Um, score jack for the snitch what's a fair score 50 if you wanted to keep the snitch system in play i would say you could potentially be 50 yeah well that's still going to do the same thing you get an early snitch catch you win the game yeah but i think think that's a lot more fair than 150 i i think I think 150 is okay. 10 goals. I mean, look, I imagine myself as a pretty proficient chaser. Like that would have been my position. I'm going loop-de-loop. I'm going under the hoop. You know, I'm, I'm spinning around. I could put down 10 goals easy. And that like gets my team in it. I score, <clears throat> you know, maybe my teammates get five more because I pass it once in a while. 150. We're good. So here's what I'm going to say. I think that J.K. Rowling pretty quickly realized that she had made an error in the scoring system, which is why in almost every match that they play, something so ridiculous and absurd happens. And it's great to read. It's great storytelling. But almost every Quidditch match Harry plays in, or even the World Cup match, something so absurd yeah. happens because the that's the only way that that sport. That's the only way that this sport makes sense is if something so crazy happens that like it keeps you engage otherwise it would be like yeah why are we doing all this stuff they're just going to catch the snitch so again jared in the books there's very many entertaining quidditch matches but it's because like someone in the crowd is cursing harry's broom or dementors show up yeah or you know harry falls off or there's yeah things like that things always interrupt the game in some weird way yeah 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 yes and again if you take quidditch and you just have it be like hey you three are trying to score. You two are hitting these flying bowling balls at their heads to try and knock them <laughs> off their brooms with a goalie. You shoot it between these hoops that are a hundred feet in the air. That's already pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think uh, that, you know, maybe there's a separate league or something. There's the classic league and then I could see you could that. add a, a non, non-seeker league. Yeah. Like they do that with rugby, like rugby sevens. Rug- like, yeah, I could yeah. see that different yeah. versions of Quidditch, I think would be really fun. Um, okay, I'm going to go into some other quick ones that just yeah. bug me. Um, how come, Steve, none of the staff at Hogwarts, and I told Jared this, none of the staff at Hogwarts are married? Oh, good point. Just odd. Just odd. That is a little odd. Yeah, what are they, odd. Di- they're diddling out there? <laughs> I didn't they're say diddling? you did, but just odd. Let's hope not. <laughs> That's very odd. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just odd. Um, uh, along the same line. Why are Harry's wizarding grandparents never mentioned? They're probably dead. Okay. But don't you think... Because they would have had to die pretty young for grandparents then because his parents were young when they died. Probably tuberculosis got him. Perhaps. But it just would have been interesting to mention. To not have one grandparent still around. Yeah. Well, Jared, sub- he might have his ones on the other side, but they kind of were separate. They were that's fa- okay. That's valid. That's valid. Okay. Yeah, on, on Lily's side, they would have been normal. But yeah. So they might have been is... alive. They didn't mention them. That makes sense. But I think it would have been somewhat interesting to hear a little bit more about his dad's family, especially because but... they made him seem like he was rich and a well-known family. But yeah. then they never really. They could have been killed in you know the whole 
Voldemort deal. They could have, but don't you think that would have been an interesting note to, to put in the book? Yeah, maybe even like a newspaper clipping. Harry stumbles exactly. upon. Exactly, maybe even yeah. a newspaper clipping. Or like just a picture of them, and he's like, oh, I miss them. Well, he never met them. Well, he wouldn't have. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. He wouldn't have. Yeah. I, yeah. I could imagine I would miss them. <laughs> I'm assuming they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> he does talk a lot like he, um, not to get morbid, but he does talk a lot like he misses his parents, where it's like, you know, he. He, he, he whines know. about it for seven books straight. Yeah, and his only life that he knows is not having them. So, it's, I mean, again, that is sad. I don't want to say that that's yeah. not sad, but he doesn't know any life with them. So I think it's interesting that he acts like he misses them so much all the time sure. when he's yeah. never even and, met them. Uh, hey, it turns out you can do fucking magic and you get to go live in a castle. Uh, yeah, pretty sweet surprise. life, dude. I would be fist pumping the air every day when I woke up. I'm not going to be moping around about some Voldemort guy trying to, you know, murder me. No, and I think we both agree, Steve, that none of them even use magic for as cool. Like, they should be even using more magic than they are. They should be using magic oh, yeah. so much, like, oh. crazy. Because I'm not you lifting can. another item other than my wand for the rest of my life. No. Um, <clears throat> last thing, and I guess this is in between, but Jared, I'll explain this for you. In the final book, there's a long, long period of time where Harry, Ron, and Hermione are kind of isolated. They're out in the woods. They're hungry. They're cold. They're on their own. And a big part of this is like they're hungry. They have nothing to eat. And one of the rules for Transfiguration, Jared, is that you can't turn something into food. You, but you can multiply food or make it bigger, but you can't just turn nothing into food. But they are able to turn things into animals. So why wouldn't they just turn like a piece of wood <laughs> into an animal and then like a pig and then eat it or a chicken? Uh, there's probably some limitations on that spell there. You think you cut into the chicken and then it's wood again? I I think you would, yeah, have the same nutritional value as wood. (laughs) 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 The same nutritional value. Yeah, that's that's how, yeah, that's the limitation. Like, look, I'm not, like, I didn't, I didn't get the studies. I didn't go to get my transfiguration class studies in, but I would assume that there's, you know, some guy who did the research and he had the Bunsen burners out and getting the calorie content and stuff. And he's like, guys, it's still wood. You know, we messed up. We can't solve world hunger. Uh, sorry. Maybe. Maybe so. Maybe it would still have the nutritional value of rock or wood or something like that. But I just thought maybe why not try or maybe not mention why they couldn't do that. Um, yeah. I, again, similar to the magic like that, there's any discomfort like that. You're cold. I'm cold like you can make a fire Mm -hmm. yeah instantly yeah so some of those things when they were like so uncomfortable they're living in the woods I'm like okay (laughs) well you know you could probably figure some again they're by this point they were almost full-grown wizards like yeah yeah yeah. we're cold we're shivering like transfigure a tree into a lazy boy hot tub yeah and relax they had a magic tent they were living in too yes that they didn't even have to pitch themselves they just use magic to set it up and there's yeah. a very simple uh, charm incendio, which lights things on fire. Exactly. So okay. some of their complaints about being cold and hungry, I'm like, these problems seem like they could be easily solved. I would have accioed a hot tub into the tent and bam, I'm warm. Yeah, or a hot dog or something. Yeah, just accio hot dog. And then you just Jared, wait. For those that don't know, that's the summoning spell. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect.
Harry Potter uses so, it to summon uh, his broom for the uh, Triwizarding games, and he uh, gets a dragon egg using the Accio spell. He doesn't so summon they, they Jared, but the he doesn't range. summon the egg, but he, he flies his broom until he can get the egg. Yeah, he summons his broom. So the range on that spell is big. So you could definitely yeah. summon a hot dog out of somebody's yeah. hand. Yes. You're in a forest of mushrooms. There's got to be mushrooms around. You, yeah. you don't want to identify it. I mean, that's too much. Just try it, right? What's the worst can happen? It's <laughs> a mushroom. Again, talk about magic. But um, and then, Steve, I had a couple last. I just had a couple questions for you as Harry Potter fan to Harry Potter fan, if that's okay, quickly. Yeah. Who would you say is the most underrated character throughout the series, either in their importance or entertainment value? Oh, man. Underrated. I know there's a lot of overrated people. I'm trying to think of a good one, because like easy answer there is like Neville. Of but course. Yeah, it's easy I, answer. I was... I was like uh, Dean and Seamus, Seamus, those like two side characters in Gryffindor that were always just like hanging around and they're just like stand up dudes that just hang out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, those are always my favorite guys when they're just like, hey, these they're two good in the movies too, are, <laughs> they're just yeah, doing silly stuff over here. In movies. Yeah. I actually think a little bit. Fred and George are slightly undervalued for their entertainment value and their talents as wizards. Yeah, they're good. They were they were like some of my favorite characters in the books, just because they're always yeah, yeah they're just like doing magic. Like, there's one line where they say like Fred or George would go into town and like pick up chicks with magic tricks, like card magic tricks, but he's doing actual magic. I was like, he gets it. He gets how <laughs> yeah. to use this. Jay, these two did not give. They did not give a fuck. And somehow, also, they seem to always be doing magic even when, like, they were too young to be allowed to be doing it. And they just, like, no one, like, they'd never got in trouble. They were they were kind of bad boys. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, that they would go pick up girls just doing real magic and pick up, like, non-magical girls or muggles using it. I mean, yeah. yeah then they would they just obliviate them afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, Jerry, you uh, get that right. <laughs> that was a bad one. Yeah. Nobody looked that up. Then, <laughs> um, do you have a favorite, a clear favorite book, and also a least favorite book? Uh, Order of the Phoenix, probably my favorite book. Least wow. favorite, um, Prisoner of Azkaban or Goblet of Fire. You, Jared, just so you know, he answered the exact opposite of how a lot of people would answer wow, that question. Wow, okay. Yeah. Controversial. So yeah. the one he said is his favorite is the longest, most dense book of all series, some 900 so pages about. It has a lot of information and some would say not as much action as the others. And a lot of people really like the third and fourth book. Yeah. I don't like. So are you I saying think... this to be a contrarian or. No, I don't. I don't mind the fourth book or the third book, but. I just had to pick one, and also sure. I don't like one as much, just because like yeah, as you get over older, it's like it, it gets a little cheesy. Um, yeah, on one, but they're all good. 
they're all good. And that's actually the problem I had with the early movies is that even though I think they did excellent casting, the kids were just very did not know how to act in the oh first God, movies. Yeah. So the acting they got a remake. Was so terrible. There's got to so, remake. Those. The casting was great, but they just had kids that like didn't know how to act yet. Mm-hmm. And, and the acting they'll grow so, into so it. bad. Yeah, which they did. They kind of did. But yeah. like, I really feel like it affected the first few movies. And I also think, which somewhat makes sense because the tone of the books change. I think because of swapping directors and things like that, like the movies, movie to movie, like to me, I don't feel like the tone of them is the same at all. Which again, yeah. maybe is intentional because the books, the tones get slightly darker. But like in the movies, I'm like, this doesn't even feel like the same world that they were mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. In the earlier movies. Yeah. Kind of how when I watched Game of Thrones last season, I'm like, this feels like almost disconnected from everything <laughs> else because like the pace of it and the tone of it just seemed different. That's Star kind of Wars, how the movie Star seems Wars to does me. Like, sometimes too. Yeah. Yes. Where it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yes. Where it's like, wait, is this even still the same series? Because <laughs> they don't even seem to be doing anything the same way anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, fair. But. That is all. I mean, those are all my plot holes. I appreciate some of your points. I'm going to have to look back into the Yule. I know you're going. I'll grab my book. I got it over here. Um, I'll have to look back into that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Yule. You might get like a Christmas reference, but they do celebrate Yule. Which is what again? (laughs) Yule is the pagan festival that Christmas is derived from. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, maybe you got me there. Maybe you got like me a Yule one. log, a Yule yeah, log. Yeah, that's from Yule. Yule tide. Karen. Yule yeah. tide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jared, I think this is really going to tell you, if anything, uh, the Venn diagram of Chubaholics, Chubsup listeners, yeah. Harry Potter fans, and if there's even any intersection, which that's you'll true. be able to tell <laughs> on the very quickly based on a based on feedback yes. to this pod, if people say that was. The most boring thing I've listened to. That will yeah. be like, all right, maybe those two don't intersect much. But if it's like, hey, more Potter, more Potter, then you'll know, like, oh, this is an untapped market. That's true. Very true, Jack. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I will say, what you know, I've I've read all the books once, but it was when they first came out. So like, this is a good reminder that like I don't remember any of this, <laughs> and so like yeah, I, I'm going to have to revisit all this. There's there is and we were diving into that. some. Yeah, we were diving into some minutia as well, right? This isn't something that, you know, if you read the books once when you were 13, that not everything that would probably make a lot of sense. Yeah. No, that's, that's, <laughs> which that's, is that's which why, is why I it could, Yeah, I like the explanation. It helped. Why it could very much alienate many listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we like to do. Alienate as much as we can. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you very much, Jack. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, good debate. Uh, the winner is, I think, Jack. Overall, because all Steve had was the Yuletide thing. I think Jack. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. If it was, if it was a debate, it was more of just a conversation. But, <laughs> but uh, for the you know for the argument of debate, yeah, I, we'll... I, it was tied. Yeah, and there, there's was... nothing wrong with just having an intellectual conversation. I think you know, that's Jerry, what we were was, talking that... before. Yeah, everything is an argument these days. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with a couple of men yeah. just having a discussion about Harry Potter and it not turning yeah. into a full out fight. I would say have to fight about anything. In this case, everybody's a winner, except for the people that listen to the show that don't know Harry Potter that have now wasted their time. Ooh, Other well, than might that, get him into it. Everybody really might get him winner. into it. <laughs> uh, but thank you again, Jack. Jumps uh, up, Jack, Steed, J-Rad. Uh, the show has ended. New episodes every Thursday. Be gone. Now you know you got to go. Peace.
this is Yasin.